Welcome to PR for Humans with me, Mike Sargent, the show for the best communications people. Each week I'm hearing their stories and using the insights in the book I'm writing about cutting through the secrets of the best business storytellers. Do follow me on Twitter at PR for Humans, Instagram, Facebook and LinkedIn. Visit my website, sergeantsleaders.com. You spell sergeant just like the police and the army do. Today we've got Neil Hedges, a friend and former colleague at Headland. Neil is something of a legend in the London PR world. He co-founded Fishburne Hedges in the 1990s, a name that everyone in the industry came to know. It became one of the most successful agencies of an era that was all about the professionalisation of what until then had been the rather amateurish world of public relations in the UK. Now at Headland, Neil is chairing another great agency, built on the twin pillars of financial PR and corporate comms. Neil, here we are in Headland Towers, which is the, the second major agency that you've um, had a key role in, in helping to build. Um, just, just bring us right up to date, before we go back to your, your earlier career, just, just tell us a bit about Headland, um, what kind of an agency is it, and where's it going? Okay, well, um, Headland is a financial and corporate communications consultancy um, and uh, the, I suppose the, the, the real driver for the creation of Headland was um, to try to build um, a bridge between um, the financial and corporate communications worlds um, with in between um, also a, a strong representation in um, public affairs. Now, uh, I know that many agencies today would claim um, to be fully integrated. That's already a word that's um, become overused, and, and rightly so. But I think the, 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 the difference here and the opportunity that, that we've tried to create is the fact that, um, that those different parts of the business um, are all being built organically um, uh, as opposed to through acquisition. And we think that um, does make for much more of a... Um, a, 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 an interesting and equal cocktail. And so other agencies might be, might be say, buying a public affairs agency or buying a financial a PR. Here you're trying to, to grow it all together in, in, one, in one package. Exactly. And, 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 and you know, we, we do believe that, um, that the people at Headland, of course, will have their, um, their specialisms, whether it is um, financial, corporate, public affairs. But you know, we hope that they're, they're, they're coming here because... Uh, they want to learn more about um, the, 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 the wider range of activities and understand how, how, how those parts all fit together. And you started your, your career um, in, in PR in the late 80s and, and of course, founded Fishburne Hedges, you, you know, you, one half of, uh, of, of that uh, partnership, um, in the early 90s. So just, let's just scroll right back to, to the beginning and... Fishburne Hedges, when you set out to build it, I mean, everyone who's in journalism or public relations kind of knows the name of that agency in London. When you started out, what were you trying to do right at the beginning? Yeah, I mean, it, it, I think the truth is public relations then, um, and I know it's not that far ago, but it, 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 it was, I, I, I think, still quite a, a mediocre discipline. Um, it was very much a time when um, advertising was still in the... Um, in the ascendancy, um, I always um, mention the fact that for those people who've uh, watched the full series of Mad Men, mm -hmm. it's very interesting that, um, uh, as far as I recall, public relations only gets one tiny mention uh, in the whole um, full series, and in, in, in even in that context, it's very much um, 
the um, the secondary discipline, mm. and um, and so um, it, it was a time when I would argue there was still an awful lot of um, mediocrity around in, in in public relations. And to be absolutely honest, it wasn't that difficult to to do something that was just a bit above the the mediocre. And that's really what we sought to do to to, to raise the game. And was it was it very much focused on on making introductions to journalists, picking up the phone to people in the media and telling in stories? Was that the sort of beginning and end of it in, in the 90s? Well, I think you raise an interesting point there because uh, in some ways <laughs> I, I think it probably wasn't. Um, it, it was the, the beginning of the time when um, public relations was being much more broadly defined. And, you know, in, in, in many respects that, that was right because it wasn't just media relations, but actually it was the media relations bit as a result of that we felt that, that got rather lost and you know, if you look at the most successful agencies in the um, the nineties, and indeed you could argue right up to the present, um, it, it, it you know one of the defining factors there, I would argue, is that they get media relations right, and that media relations is not seen as something that is uh, delegated down to more junior staff. It's something that's um, practiced throughout at the most senior level. And, and with the growth of the growth of this um, communications industry. A lot of people say that media relations is nothing like as important as, as it used to be, but do you take the view that, that actually it is and you still need to have those relationships with the key editors, with the key journalists who are going to convey your story to the world with, with the authority that their, their brands, their news brands convey, whether that's the FT or the BBC or anyone else? Yeah, I mean, it's interesting you talk about um, having those relationships and of course it's, it's important that, um, that, that, that one does... Um, know these people and understand them, but I certainly don't see public relations as based on um, whom one knows and the kind of um, um, cosy relationship that one that one might have with a relationship. I see it as very much um, almost a sort of a, um, an intellectual debate um, with journalists who who clearly you know want to hear both sides, and it's up to us to ensure where we believe in that side to put that through as across as, as strongly as possible, but. You know, my view is that media relations in that relation done well, in that respect done well, is incredibly difficult. Because you've got to understand everything that journalists understand in terms of you know, what is a story, what might get them interested, but also adopt the, the, the perspective of a client that um, you may or may not share entirely. But I guess you take the view that, that you, you can't work for, for the villains entirely. You have to have some kind of meeting of minds with your client. You have to be roughly on the same page as them or you can't do an effective I, job. I do believe that. Obviously there are those who, who don't believe that. There are those who you know, believe that, 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 that public relations uh, practitioners are the same as barristers and that therefore um, you know, everyone um, has the right to be um, represented uh, regardless of uh, that person or um, company's um, 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 point of view or indeed morals. Um, but no, I, I personally think it's, it's, it is very different and that, um, you know, they're, they're, I certainly would not. And I think most of my colleagues would not want to um, represent um, someone or something in whom one didn't believe and whom one didn't trust. Yes, there is a definite moral dimension to it, um, I believe. And also, I think people outside of the public relations world maybe think of it as... Um, you know, celebrity fueled champagne parties or you know, long city lunches or political spin. Um, but what struck me in, in the three years I, I was at Headland and, and my time in, in, in the industry so far is how you have to be incredibly straight and inc incredibly um, honest, have that attention to detail. 
you certainly can't lie and you can't actually spin that much um, but you need to interest people in things you say and, and have those intellectual conversations which is where the fun is absolutely yeah and as I say I mean doing that well is is it takes a lot of um, um, training and um, but it, it's it's um, I think also particularly in the in, in you know where, where one is bordering financial and corporate financial in particular is is still a sector that uh, uh, there's a lot of mystique around mm. it and uh, um, I would argue that most of it is um, unjustified. So I, I think also part of uh, our role in a good way is, is to help with that demystification process. And if, if one can't explain you know, even an apparently complicated um, financial product in terms that everyone understands without being patronising, then you know, we have a problem. Mm. And making things relevant for the audiences that, that you're trying to reach and really understanding... It's the purpose of communications. When, when I came, came into to the sector, I thought, is it all going to be about just trying to win coverage for a client or get some attention to a client, get their name in a paper, get, their, get them onto um, TV or, or radio? But actually, you need to have a, an objective. You need to have a purpose, which is what I, I, I learned here, which is, it sounds obvious, but, but thinking through what is this uh, actually designed to achieve? You know, what, what is our objective here? What do we want to do? Um, which needs to be, I think, at, at the heart of everything. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, there, there, there probably are some situations where just getting any coverage, almost regardless, is, uh, is, is um, um, a fair objective. But the sort of clients that certainly I work for, it's, it is the complete opposite. Not, not necessarily um, keeping them out of the media, um, but more exactly as you say, always asking the question, you know, why is it we're doing this and, uh, you know, um, what's the objective behind it? And it's a really good test and, uh, you know, and, it, and it helps avoid any kind of um, gratuitous pursuit. Now, if you ask anyone in this industry, no, no one, I think, will have a bad word to say about Neil Hedges. And that's, that's quite a, a tribute after all these years. What's your approach to, to client relationships and indeed relationships more generally um, within the business world? And how, how do you forge them? How do you maintain them? How do you revisit them after many years where perhaps you haven't had contact? Well, certainly a very kind Big thing to, to say, uh, Mike. But I think the, um, my, my sort of starting point is that um, um, from, from, an employer, from an employer point of view, um, one of the things I've always felt is that, um, that one should never hinder anyone's um, um, career. And, and, and therefore, you know, my own sort of definition of loyalty may well be different from others in that respect in that you know, I don't believe that uh, if um, someone um, decides to move on um, however good he or she is that, you know, that therefore you know, that's a bad thing mm. quite the contrary and uh, you know, I, I'd like to think that in all my career um, you know, people I've employed or worked with who, who've since left um, they, you know, they've always gone in, in the right spirit and uh, and I think, that, I think that is quite a claim, and I think it is quite unusual. But, um, you know, I think it's the right thing to do. And, I mean, arguably also, in purely commercial terms, it probably is uh, the right thing to do. Because you never, you never know where someone is going to ultimately pop up. And there, there are lots of people who made their careers up through Fishburne Hedges who are, who are now in senior communications roles, corporate affairs directors and so on, who, you know, are becoming clients but could become potential clients for, for Hedger. Exactly so, and I think it's it's again. It, I mean, it may seem an obvious point, but I, one of the things I always find interesting is uh, I don't know whether they still do it, but um, Campaign Magazine, the um, the advertising publication, um, 
does or used to do a, um, an annual analysis of, uh, of what um, clients, this is all bid in the advertising arena, um, um, buy. And, and you know, even in the advertising world where you would have thought that um, um, clients um, are buying um, creative work, um, way, way at the top in terms of the, uh, the list of selection criteria um, is um, that indefinable thing called personal chemistry. Mm. And, it, and it, it, I always think it's very interesting. And, and you, it, one must assume that in, in public relations, which is you know, even more of a relationship-type um, um, thing, um, that, that that's even more the case. So, yeah, I mean, you know, having those kind of uh, um, the, 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 those personal relationships, of course it's important. And, and it's, it's important for, for recruitment and, and, and um, keeping those relationships going with people who may become clients. And, and also in, in, in the very sort of pitch room itself, um, and you, you've been in goodness knows how many pitches uh, over the years, but one thing I learned from you and from others was um, success comes when a, when a pitch becomes a conversation, when, when you've got some genuine uh, interaction with um, the, the potential client, they're starting to ask you questions, you're starting to ask them questions, and you're not talking at them, you're not presenting a, a brilliantly rounded uh, solution, although you may nudge them in the right direction, but you're, you're opening up that great conversation, which is what all business is built on, I suppose. Yes, I mean, I, you know, as you say, over the years, there have been lots of presentations, and in, in the same way that you know, one asks oneself the question, are you know, examinations at school and university the best way of... Uh, of, uh, of, of getting the right answer, and, and of course, you know, it, it, in, in, in all cases, it, it's, it's, it's not a, a perfect um, science. Having said that, um, I think yes, I agree with you. I think the the Q and A's, the question and answers at the end of a presentation, are as as revealing as um, the presentation itself. Uh, but I think I think both are still important. And to that extent, um, maybe uh, this is not a good thing to say. But funny enough, I I you know. When, when business is gifted to us on the basis of um, whom we know and prior relationships, of course it's, it's, it's very flattering to have those opportunities. But, you know, the truth is there's still a, quite a big part of me that believes that um, actually um, pitching competitively uh, against others uh, and then winning it it, you know, you, you, you then get that business on true meritocratic grounds. Mm. And, you know, it's, it's exciting. It's, 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 I mean, going it's, into the room it's, and, it's and delivering is exactly. exciting. Yeah. Um, so, Headland is, is, is a success, very successful agency and becoming more, more successful. As I say, this is the, the second time you've been involved in, in building um, a significant PR agency. I'm just wondering, you know, after more than a quarter of a century, what, what, how do you sort of stay motivated? What keeps you hungry for success? When you've already proved you've done it, you've built it, you've sold it, um, why are you doing it all over again? Yeah. Well, I think, I think there are a number of answers to that. I mean, first of all, in terms of, um, I think, so much of what one does in life is, is sometimes um, a response to what one hasn't achieved quite before. And so um, in, in the case of um, Fishman Hedges, yes, it was an you know, incredibly successful um, agency. Um, but there, you know, we again tried to um, build this bridge between the financial and corporate. And in fact, the corporate uh, very early on overtook the financial and we never really quite... Um, built financial in, in the way that um, was envisaged. And so Headland, whose roots are much more in the city, mm. um, provides us with that opportunity to, um, to build something on, on solid um, um, financial foundations. And, and, and indeed, that is just what is happening. And I think that in itself, I find uh, 
very motivating to to get that right second time round. But you're still you still work with clients you know, directly, and, and you yeah. presumably still get a lot of satisfaction from that direct client work. Although you're you're, you're the chair of, of Headland, um, you still get very much involved on, on in the accounts and leading. Indeed, that, I mean that is really um, most of what I do, and, and that was the deal um, uh, with Headland that I, I yes, I mean I'm chair and you know have that kind of overall responsibility, but. Um, I'm 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 not involved in the executive group um, running the business on a day-to-day basis and, uh, and 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 don't want to be and and I think it you know I'm uh, I think you know that needs to be run by uh, fresh blood so yeah I mean the the motivation for me now comes from a combination of seeing um, Headland under that um, young management succeeding in the way way it is uh, but also through um, dealing with clients and um, you know I think I think. I think it's right that um, uh, that one's aspirations should be um, to aim to, to to deal at a more and more senior level as a career progresses, and you know, and and, and, and that is uh, what I'm doing, and I find that very fulfilling. And still, after all these years, I, I sometimes sort of find it incredible that uh, such senior clients, you know, are prepared to take um, um, advice uh, uh, from uh, from one individual. Yes. Yes. Um... And, and what advice would you have for people who, who are coming into the industry? You, 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 you've seen a lot of people um, build their careers over, over the course of many years, um, some successfully, some perhaps not so successfully. But, I mean, let's, what, are the, what, what, do you, what do you look for? What do you advise others to look for in, uh, in a candidate to come and work for an agency, first of all? Yeah, well, I mean, first of all, I, 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 I think it's a fantastic time to be joining um, the, um, this this kind of business. And I'm not just talking about Headland specifically. I'm talking about um, broader um, public relations. Um, I mentioned earlier about um, you know the whole um, balance of power um, between um, agencies, and that you know clearly historically um, advertising agencies um, have had that preeminence. And uh, but you know as has been well reported by you know the likes of Martin Sorrell, who you know controls an empire that. You know, encompasses both advertising and public relations. In terms of, of coming up with the idea and, um, and, and, and enacting it, that idea can come from any quarter. Mm. And, uh, and, and therefore, um, you know, I think it's, uh, you know, our time has come in that respect. And so for any young aspiring person who's thinking in those terms, uh, you know, I think, uh, well, I would say it, but I, I think public relations uh, um, is, uh, is, is a really exciting place to be. And what sort of skills are going to be needed to to succeed in the future when you know there's a lot of attention on on AI and how that's going to change uh, every single business but I guess there'll still be a, a place for for communicators people who can understand other human beings and people who can um, convey ideas yeah I mean the 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 other really um, interesting thing now is that um, there's no doubt about it um, social media has changed everything and um, and it and it has happened at at an extraordinarily fast pace. So, you know, go back certainly um, ten years and probably more 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 recent than that. You know, it was still the case that there was a a, a fairly direct relationship between um, one's experience and, if you like, to put it crudely, um, the your charge out rate. Mm. Um, social media has changed that completely. Uh, and I think it's really exciting and, and great to embrace it rather than fight it because, you know, there's no question there, there are certain types of business now in which we're working where someone half my age 
um, could justifiably charge double my rate for that particular type of business. Mm. So, you know, again, to go back to your question for young people, I mean, you know, it, it, you know it, the opportunities in that sort of meritocratic environment um, could not be greater. And what, I mean, it hasn't all been uh, completely rosy, I would guess, over the past um, 25 years and more. And what, what mistakes have you, have you made? And is there any lessons that you'd, you know, care to sort of pass on to others to avoid the same traps or pitfalls? Well, I mean, I think the, the, the mistakes, looking back, I probably are in the um, area of recruitment. Mm. Uh, because, you know, in the end, that's, that is what we're about. It's, I mean, it's a very simple business. You know, one has to try to recruit the best people and to create an environment in which those, those good people want to um, do their best. And it sounds easy, but it, it certainly isn't. And um, over, over the years, uh, we, I've certainly been responsible for making um, bad recruitment decisions which um, have uh, caused longer-term problems. And, you know, I, I always ask myself, well, you know, do I, do I get better at recruitment um, now than, than was the case in the past? And probably in all honesty, no. <laughs> so I'm not sure that one is. And, uh, is it something where you just know when you're sitting in a room with someone that, that they're interesting, but you're not quite sure whether they'll fit into a team or you're not quite sure whether their skill set will actually be needed for the work that's coming in? And I suppose there's lots of different ways it could go wrong, even with someone that you... That you seem to get on with seems like a good character, and uh... yeah, I mean the the you know one one of the challenges in our in our profession or business, call it what you will, um, is that inevitably um, there are a lot of good talkers um, in, uh, in in public relations, and uh, um, you know eloquence can sometimes get you a long way. But you know I found more and more that um, there there is often a big di- difference between those the way those people presented themselves and the way they actually deliver. And so trying to sort of dig beneath the surface and you know, think of other ways of testing that uh, remains, uh, I think, the challenge for us all. And, and the, the challenge of blending teams, and that's, that's critical to agency success, isn't it? To, not just to get a great bunch of individuals in the door, but people who are actually going to work well together. Yes, yes, and I, and, and I again, you know, is it the case that um, we would therefore recruit um, people in our in our in our mould who we think are going to get together get work together well, and and yes, of course, there's you know that that is important. But I think it's also important that from time to time, we we really do seek to to go outside of that comfort zone and, and bring on board some people who uh, are going to um, um, challenge and perhaps even provoke. Indeed, here's to that, Neil Hedges. Thank you very much indeed. Neil is one of a rare breed who's just very good at building and maintaining relationships. He plays the long game. Colleagues today can become clients or perhaps even rivals tomorrow. Neil is the best in the business at understanding that and using it well. That's it for today. Please do listen in next time to the PR for Humans podcast. Thanks so much for your time. Goodbye.